Welcome to More Than Numbers Enneagram for Business and happy Thanksgiving. I know that you are spending time with your family today or you're spending time with your family right now. Maybe you loaded up this episode and you're playing it for the whole family because you want to find their Enneagram types and maybe help them understand why they annoy you, why they frustrate you. But from our family to yours, I wanted to do a special episode today and I brought the True Strategy team onto the podcast. So I'll have them introduce themselves. Daniel, Aaron, welcome to the podcast that you've made possible behind the scenes. So thank you for joining us. We'll, we'll let ladies go first. Aaron, how about you introduce yourself, your Enneagram type and your favorite thing about being that type? Yeah, so I'm Aaron Brenneman. Um, I am part of the True Strategy team. I do a little bit of everything. And I'm an Enneagram 8. And at first, and I'll go into this a little later, but at first I hated the thought of being an 8 because to me they were just like jerks, jerks essentially. <laughs> but uh, no, now I love it just because I can embrace the uh, the part of me that wants to defend people and wants to defend myself and those that I love. And that's probably the biggest one, the biggest challenge that I had to overcome of like almost that fearful of being outspoken about things like that. And then, but now, like you said, I can embrace it. It gives you permission for your perspective. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that. Well, we'll get to meet Daniel then. I think Daniel had a big role to play in why Aaron didn't want to be an eight. Daniel, <laughs> Daniel, what do you do for the company and what's your Enneagram type? Oh man. Uh, my name is Daniel Brenneman. I am uh, Aaron's brother-in-law. And so I am the, uh, the chief marketing officer. I do all things marketing design and, uh, and the like try to put on a good face for, for the people, a true strategy. And, um, I am an Enneagram eight and I loved everything about being an Enneagram eight. And, uh, I, I probably represented everything that Aaron hated about Enneagram eight. <laughs> and, uh, I, I love it because uh, I know you can't see me. I am six, three, 255 pounds. And the eight persona just felt like it matched the the man that I am. <laughs> it's just for of- some for some perspective, I'm five four and about a hundred pounds. So we're like the exact opposite and it's great. Aaron, do you think that if you would have found the Enneagram first and if you would have find found that you were a type eight before ever knowing Daniel was a type eight, maybe you would have had a, a different thought about it? Probably. Um uh, because when I did find out that Daniel was a type eight, it was um it was eye opening to myself. And like you said, I think all of the things that I just said that I didn't like about type eight, Daniel embodies and like, not that it's a bad thing, but because I saw it probably in myself in a way. And it was almost like, I didn't have permission to be those things and do those things at the time. Um, it, it was almost as if I like, didn't like Daniel because he was all of the things that I knew in my heart that I was, but almost Mm. wasn't allowed to be. Yeah. Well, it's interesting how we begin to associate a person. So if someone knows the Enneagram and maybe someone out there listening uh, felt this, and this will be a major moment of breakthrough for you. I remember working with a guy, we were doing a typing interview, which is where I would help people find their Enneagram type. By the way, when you take our assessment, we now have the tools for you to find your own Enneagram type, but I would spend time with people and help them find it. And we had to do four typing interviews to help him find his Enneagram type. And he was totally resistant 
the type that continued to surface as that he probably was. It was a type five. So finally, in the last session, I asked him, is there any reason you wouldn't want to be a type five? Because everything about his answers, his demeanor, who he was, even how his wife, we had to bring his wife in because, you know, pointer, if (laughs) if you don't want to accept who you are, your spouse will 100% tell you who you are. And she was saying, yeah, I see the type five. And he was so resistant to it. So finally I asked him, is there a reason you wouldn't want to be a type five? And he said, absolutely. He said, I I guess the cat's out of the bag. And his wife turned and looked at him and started laughing. And he said, I don't want to be a type five because I know this person or that person or that person. And I don't feel like I'm them. And so we were able to bring, you know, some, some understanding and healing that just because you're the same type doesn't mean you're the same as that person. Daniel, Aaron, and I are all three type eights, which is awesome. Uh, But we're totally different type eights. We, we, we still think different. We, we may have a lot of similarities, but we're still different people. So it is interesting how they associate, how they associate that. Absolutely. And I don't think it's funny because I think that anyone listening would assume that we were just all out yelling at each other, brawling, hating each other. Like we didn't ever really have a spoken tension. I don't believe it was more like I was talking junk during board games and it's kind of loud. It would get under my skin. Oh, my gosh. But, and, and I, I said this to Nathan, when I told him we were doing this, I was like, I had all of this tension and I don't even know if Daniel actually felt that if any of that was going on. So there we go. Daniel wasn't feeling it. And I was was like, uh, I mean, it's cool. Like, I'm not entirely sure she likes me that much, but as in true type eight fashion, I was like, I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're, she'll come around. She'll eventually find out how awesome I am. It'll be great. Well, I've said it like this with, with, with how people think of me or, and for those of you for how people think of you, their opinion is their problem, exactly. you know, which is like exactly. to, totally a type eight thing to say. But I, the reason I was excited to bring the team on specifically Daniel and Aaron, we are missing a member of the team uh, today, but Daniel and Aaron, because I was thinking about the perspective of someone sitting at the Thanksgiving table and specifically us launching this episode today on Thanksgiving is how are people navigating those relationships and the dynamics that maybe they don't understand or the unspoken tensions? And how can we in this episode maybe give some light or some understanding of how the Enneagram helps to bring some connection? And even if it's not connection, even if it just helps you to, to bear each other more at the Thanksgiving table. So there were some tensions that existed before you found the Enneagram, but when you two found your Enneagram types or found out that you were the same type, what did that do for, you know, your family, your relationship as brother and sister-in-law? Go ahead there. Yeah. So I think, so I first, when I took the Enneagram, found it, I swore up and down, I was a three, like up and down. Every single assessment that I took was a three. Um, And then Daniel, one holiday, we were all together and he said that they had been diving into the Enneagram, but he was an eight. And I was like, okay, I've got to read more about an eight because I have to figure this out because holidays for the rest of my life are going to be real hard (laughs) if I don't figure this out and how to, you know, just understand him and other people in the family as well. Like it wasn't just Daniel. I did it with the Brennemans. I did it with my family. Uh, And I started reading about the eights and it was like, very eye-opening of, oh, oh crap, I'm an eight. That is me through and through as well. Uh, and so I think the biggest shift that I had, one in perspective is, oh, me and Daniel are the same. Like It makes sense. But also I never expected Daniel to change. It was more of an understanding of that's who he is. 
And that's how, you know, he processes things. And that's his perspective that it was more of, I was able to understand that versus saying, well, that's just a Daniel problem. That's just who he is. And it was more of an understanding of why he was that way. Sure. I think it's, uh, it's a matter of grace, right? You take a look at somebody who gets under your skin, uh, who has habits that annoy you, things that bother you at the dinner table or playing board games, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you begin to understand the processing of what's going on in their minds, maybe tensions they're facing, things that might be playing into the way they're communicating or acting. And there's grace. There is this ability to, to allow some room to be them and not be frustrated about it, not get upset about it, but understand this may annoy me, but it's not something that is meant to be malicious. It's something that is coming from a different place. From a controlled environment, because I'm speaking to my team here, so it's more like uh, I'd love your perspectives. One thing that I share often, you know, with clients and a big point of breakthrough is understanding how we're constantly projecting on others, either how we act or how we respond to the world. And we want them to respond to the world based on how we respond or how we act, right? So if they don't do it the way we do it, or they don't think the way we think, then they're wrong. I'd love to know both of your personal experience in that. And, you know, we are talking Thanksgiving. We are talking family. You can use family as an example. You can use professional life as an example, maybe from your past lives. Oh, my, my wife is the number one example of this. My wife is a type nine, which is everything opposite of me. <laughs> and and um, the way she processes is so much different than the way I process. I'm very quick. I want to make things happen. I want to move. And she has to think on it, has to very feelings based, very much um, just methodical in the way she approaches everything. And um, I was like, why can't you make a decision? Why can't we get to this? What is the problem here? I don't understand. And when I began to understand that she is built this way, again, going back to the grace and understanding, I began to realize, oh, not only is this the way she processes things, because she takes her time, she's more right than I am usually. Mm. (laughs) If I let her get to the conclusion on her own, she comes to a better conclusion than me forcing her to come to the conclusion. And that's how really been something that's been changing for me. Yeah. So Nathan is, he tested as a three. We're still trying to figure out exactly where he is in that triad of three, six, nine, but he's right in there somewhere. Um, but like, like Daniel said, being able to step back, like, especially we just figured out what his number was recently. Um, and being able to step back and just know that he's somewhere in that three, six, nine triad and how he processes things so differently than me. And, you know, when he's operating in that sixth space that, you know, I need to listen and let him kind of process that, uh, worst case scenario kind of a thing. Cause I am just a, let's go, let's deal with it. Let's pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. And he, pumps the brakes a lot and says he thinks very logically as a three, he thinks very logically and, you know, no, that's not necessarily what we need to do. Like, but I just want to bulldoze through it is my denial, (laughs) deny everything. And he's a little 
more on the let's think through it, let's slow down, which is why, you know, why it, we work so well and why an eight and a nine work so well in a marriage. Yeah. And of course the listeners know if they've listened to more than one episode that my wife is also a nine and it is interesting to see the balance. I like how you mentioned that specifically, Aaron, because we will see someone, let's take, for example, you and Nathan, Nathan, Aaron's husband, Daniel's brother. Uh, Let's take Nathan for an example. If he's operating in that six space of worst case scenario thinking, then for you and for me, and even for Daniel, we'll think, oh, he's so negative, right? No, he's, he's not, he's not negative just because he's not acting like us. He's not negative adverse. If someone is very optimistic, then someone will think, well, they're illogical or they're unreasonable. And so we'll slap these titles on them because they're, again, they're, they're navigating off of our center or what we believe is right. So then we'll call them a name or we'll think that something's (laughs) wrong with them. And that's not true. It it gives uh, opportunity for perspective. So these people get to hear from me enough. I want to hear from the two of you. You've, you've both spent a lot of time with me hearing from me and all of these different things. So I know that you're becoming uh, experts in the Enneagram in your own rights. How can someone use the Enneagram or how can the Enneagram really serve them around the dinner table or with their family members uh, today on Thanksgiving? Well, I'll say that pause in there. (laughs) (laughs) I am not, I don't think that we should type other people necessarily. Um, Daniel and I have sat around and said, well, what do you think so-and-so is like, what do you think? I'm typing other people. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Well, and the only reason that I am not a big fan of it is because I don't want to put that person in a box. However, I think like, especially when Daniel and I have said, you know, what do you think this person is? And I'm not going to say like which people we've typed or what we think that they are, but uh, it has made me step back and say, oh, like, you know, you're right, Daniel, that person might be an eight. And that's probably why I might butt heads with that person a lot or why I get so frustrated with them or, you know, oh, I thought that that person was a two, but maybe they're not. Um, maybe they're an eight and they're just operating in that healthy space of the two. And then when I get real frustrated, they're operating in that stressful five, like, okay, that makes sense. I'm able to give them more grace. Um, so it is helpful to have somebody kind of bounce that off of, but also to be able to look at their perspective, you know, when an argument starts up knowing, okay, so this number operates under stress and this is how they might react. Yeah. That person it kind of is- gives you an instruction manual for people. Yeah. And Dan- Daniel would call it, uh, what did you say once, Daniel, that I communicate sometimes in headlines or, um, <laughs> you know, in the, with those statements. But uh, one thing that I thought of lately is like, I wish people came with an instruction manual and the Enneagram in a sense provides that, like how to navigate people. Um, so Daniel, from your perspective, how can, you know, people leverage the Enneagram and and just understanding and creating connection at the, around the carving the Turkey today. So I think uh, Aaron and I have obviously danced around this idea of grace a lot. Um, But I think it also bleeds into the idea of understanding what scenarios you're going to find yourself in frustration and what scenarios you're going to enjoy with people. And so the idea of planning a holiday stresses me out. So I'm not even going to get into like trying to, control all of that. But if you're going to butt heads with somebody over a game of Settlers of Catan, then maybe you don't play as much Settlers of Catan. 
or don't invite that other person <laughs> to the <Play>. table. <laughs> For some like, no, um, but uh, but if there is an activity that you enjoy with that person, create those spaces because when you have activities that you enjoy with people, it often will um, allow you more grace to give them any activities that you don't enjoy. Yeah. Because if you're spending all of your time in activities you don't enjoy with them, your outlook becomes negative and you become much more quick to judge, quick to become frustrated and quick to write them off. Yeah. And I think that's the, the danger of family holidays is living in a space of writing people off mm-hmm. because they're meant to be enjoyed and, and family should be enjoyed. So finding moments that you can enjoy with each family member and things that you can do with them to create spaces that are fun amongst everyone, I think is important because it allows so much more room uh, everywhere else. I like this. I like the guidance guys. I think it's really helpful and uh, something that people will one enjoy this episode, but be able to apply it. I said, though one, uh, the guidance that I'd give for today is just be curious as you're coming back together with family members, maybe you haven't seen a family member in months or years, or you were dreading spending time with them because as Daniel mentioned, you've written them off, right? You, you know them, you know how they act, you know what they think, you know you don't enjoy them. Allow yourself to be curious because in the curiosity, you might find that you actually have a lot more in common or there's a lot more to that person. The worst thing we can do is act like we know what's going on in their mind or their heart or what's driving them or their intents or their, or their tensions or their motives. You know, one of the biggest takeaways in applying the Enneagram is understanding there are nine ways of normal. There are nine ways of believing and viewing the world. And all of them to a degree are right in their perspective. But if they're all right, then they're also all wrong. And so it gives us an opportunity to create some connection where maybe connection was lost. Maybe healing can be had uh, today at the Thanksgiving table. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. And the idea of um, it's not wrong, it's different is something that I've held on to um, for the last 10, 15 years, um, whenever I heard it. And I think it very much applies to the Enneagram that it's not wrong, it's different it's good. and it's valuable. It's and good. so to understand that there is value in everyone and value in what people bring to this, to the proverbial table, as well as the actual uh, Thanksgiving <laughs> table around, around a, a drumstick. Uh, I think that's that's a great mindset to carry. Aaron? Yeah. Any thoughts over there? (laughs) I said, yeah, hashtag retweet. (laughs) Well, I want to close with this. Uh, What is your favorite part of the Thanksgiving meal? Mm. So I am a, a big believer that a smoked turkey is the best turkey. Deep if fried. A, if a, I'm telling you right now, <laughs> you come try my smoked turkey, you go and denounce the fried turkey. But if we get that out that conversation out of the way, the sweet potato casserole, when done properly, <laughs> and Keanu, you know this. I've had it because you asked for my recipe. My wife, you asked had for my to recipe. Get your recipe. Yes, the sweet potato casserole is where it's at. Okay. Oh man, I'm hungry, Aaron. <laughs> I, I am a fried turkey. Yes. Person. I've had Daniel's smoked turkey. It's good, but. Oh, when did you have my smoked turkey? Two, last year, two years ago. At some point we did. We did two turkeys one year. Maybe, maybe he's gotten better. I don't think I've smoked a turkey for our family. Really? I don't think so. We had two turkeys one year. There's just and something I, about, can, can the smoked turkey be I, as moist? 
as a fried turkey? Because that's the thing that gets me about fried turkey is the, the moistness. You, you can cut a slice out of the middle of the turkey breast and it is just as tender as the dark meat. I'm hungry. Very hungry right now. <laughs> so, so fried turkey, Aaron has a vote for fried turkey. I have a vote yeah. for fried turkey. Uh, we have to try Daniel's smoked turkey. Obviously, we'll have a true strategy Thanksgiving dinner. Aaron, what's your favorite part of the Thanksgiving meal? Uh, mashed potatoes. You I put anything on them? Party potatoes. Don't don't oh, be yeah, fooled, specifically don't be with this mashed potatoes talk. It's the Aaron's party, potatoes. party potatoes. What are party they're, potatoes, Aaron? So they're mashed potatoes, and then they have all of the unhealthy stuff in it. So there's like cream cheese and sour cream, a ton of butter. And then you bake it in the oven so it's like crispy on top with paprika. Oh my yeah. god! Don't be fooling them with this mashed potatoes. I am so hungry right Don't now. Be with that. <laughs> well, I'm going to take a very, very basic route, but it is it is absolutely understandable and it's very relatable. But it's pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie is the best pie. I I would venture to say it's the best dessert out there. So Thanksgiving, <laughs> I can't wait for it. We, we love Costco, Shy and I, my wife and I, and so we'll get. Have you ever got the the Costco pumpkin pie? It's, it's like, oh. it's like five 99 and it's like and the it's size fine. of Daniel's head. It's, it's humongous. <laughs> it is amazing. It's fine. Pumpkin pie <laughs> is, is the best part, but I'm from New Mexico. So it's mashed potatoes, but it's not just mashed potatoes. It's mashed potatoes, but we don't use gravy. We use chili. So mashed mm. potatoes with some chili on top. Oh I man. I yeah, could get on board with that. It is so good. I'll, I'll make you all some, some red and green chili from New Mexico. Amen. Yeah. It'll change your life. Sounds great. Well, thank you guys for joining me on an episode for a Thanksgiving family edition, the true strategy family. You guys were pretty good. You guys are pretty good on the podcast. I'm going to have to have you back. Oh boy. Hey, what are you, what, okay. This is the actual final question. Cause this might allude to some future episodes. If I had you on an episode, what'd be the one thing that you'd want to talk about or share from your expertise? This is Enneagram for business, but it could be business. It could be personal experience. What's the one thing that you'd just get on the mic and you'd just be so passionate to share with the world, both of you. Go ahead, Aaron. Like, being, me... being a female eight. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's different. Give, give us a little bit of a sneak peek. What would we be talking about specifically about being a female eight? Um, okay. So a little bit of like what I said at the beginning with like Daniel was everything that I felt like I wanted to be and needed to be that kind of loud, outgoing, boisterous. And especially in business, when you're a female, we know what that looks like as a female in business. When you're loud, boisterous, opinionated, it looks different than being a male. And so just giving permission of like, it doesn't matter. It's okay. There are like things that you can do as a female to kind of soften it up, but it's okay to be that full eight and embrace your eightness. There's an entirely different perspective um, of what a male eight is perceived as versus a female eight. And uh, yeah. It, it needs to be known. It needs to be shared. It saddens me, but it also needs to be known. So thank you, Aaron. We will have that episode coming up very, very soon. Daniel, since you punted to Aaron and you made her, it was, it was ladies first, right? Absolutely. He punted hard. He said, Aaron, back to you. Aaron. Give her the chance to punt to me. Daniel, I, I am, I'm very excited to hear this because uh, Daniel has been from the very beginning. Let me tell you a little bit about Daniel. The way he got involved with True Strategy, I was starting the company, so I knew I needed a name and I needed a logo. I mean, I, that's all I knew. 
So I sent him my logo and I said, Daniel, because I knew he had a background in all things marketing and creative and design. And I said, hey, Daniel, what do you think of this? And it was atrocious. And he sent it back with some edit ideas. So I edited it and I sent it back to him. I said, Daniel, what do you think? And he said, oh, maybe do a little bit of this. And I edited it. I sent it back. He said, let me just do it. So he, thank goodness. He said, thank God he created our logo. He created our branding. One thing led to another. We created a course that the world will never see because it was a terrible idea. Um, And uh, finally I said, you know what, Daniel, you, you believed in me from the beginning. You've been a sounding board to me. You've been someone that was willing to ride with me. Even when I didn't know where we were going, it's like, Hey, hop in this car. And where are we going? I don't know, but it's going to be fun. And that was pretty much Daniel along for the ride. And uh, all things as far as the marketing strategy and mindsets and sales philosophy, uh, just the psychology, a lot of that Daniel has been there for the ride. So Daniel, I've given you a lot. I've been stalling here I know. to give you some time. Here, I'm excited here's, here's to hear what reason. you're going to share. Here's the reason why I have to be so calculated with what I say, because you're going to take this and be like, all right, here are the next four podcasts you're going to do. Okay. <laughs> I we don't do want it. any of that smoke. We, we could do it. <laughs> I don't want any of that smoke. So I'm trying to be very calculated. No, I, I think that um, business growth is, is obviously something that I'm passionate about and I love. Um, I think a lot of businesses have the right pieces, just don't know where to put them or how to order them. And the idea of putting the right things in the right place, speaking to people the right way and speaking to specific people specifically, mm. uh, just helping people get to that point is a passion of mine. Yeah. I love watching businesses serve people rather than acquire people. And uh, I think I'd probably speak a little bit on that. It's good. It's good. Well, there are four episodes we're going to do right there. Maybe we'll bring in some actual <laughs> business owners and we'll just have Daniel speak to them, see what we can find. So thank you guys again for joining me on this episode. Thank you all for spending some time with us on this Thanksgiving day. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your Thanksgiving meals. Enjoy your fried or your smoked turkey. Enjoy your pumpkin pie. If you're from New Mexico, by any chance, enjoy your mashed potatoes with chili. And if you want to find your Enneagram type, maybe someone sent you this episode and said, you need to listen to this today, then follow the instructions in the notes and you can take our Enneagram assessment for free. You can find your type, share it with the family, find their types and talk about it. Let us know what you find. Maybe you'll be like Daniel and Aaron who went from mortal enemies as brother and sister-in-law to now uh, peers and friends and world changers, even working together. And so, still mortal enemies And still <laughs> when, when the Catan board comes out, still mortal enemies. Thank you all for joining <laughs> us. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, family. Thank you.